hi everyone. This is Lori Rubenstein and this is class four of the forgiveness support class. And today we're going to be talking about personal responsibility, which is actually step two in that living with forgiveness process that I talk about in the forgiveness book. And I have a quote for us today on this. The quote is, parents can only give good advice or put children on the right path. But the final forming of a person's character lies in their own hands. And that's by Anne Frank. So what I thought I would do is I'm going to talk about what personal responsibility is, different levels of personal responsibility, and then help you get really clear about the difference between sort of that idea of taking healthy personal responsibility versus going to that whole, like, shame, blame, guilt, resentment place. For now, when we ask the question, you know, what is personal responsibility? It's really accepting accountability for one's actions and consequences and knowing that what you do really does affect other people. It's not about blaming or criticizing other people. And there are a lot of different levels of personal responsibility. So as I was putting this together, I was thinking, you know, what are all the different ways that we feel personal responsibility or we take personal responsibility? And I came up with eight. This is sort of interesting. And I think they sort of move up and down in how tough those levels are. One level is we have personal responsibility to take care of ourselves. So... In terms of taking care of self, we can look at the self on an emotional level, a physical level, on a financial level, health level, and then even like the thoughts that we think in our mind, right? We have to take personal responsibility even at that level. Another level is taking care of how we behave towards others. You know, we have like Our personal responsibility with our parents, for example, or in raising children. For those of us who have had kids, we have that issue and that question all the time about what are we raising here. I remember so well thinking to myself, if I don't teach my son how to do his own laundry and clean up after himself, his wife will someday really hate me. (laughs) So, you know, that's important to think about that's even a level of responsibility or responsibility to the environment. You know, how are you in relationship to the environment? That's a whole nother level. The third level is accepting consequences that come from your actions. So it might be something like this is how you spend money and if you go and you charge things on credit card all the time, and then you go into debt and you end up having to file bankruptcy. I mean, these are all like natural consequences of your actions, right? But there's also things like how do we spend our time? For me, like I'll notice if I spend too much time, for example, on Facebook, I'm not getting the work done that I wrote down at the beginning of the day that I was going to do. So, you know, there's these consequences that come from how you spend your money, your time, your resources. And, you know, we know that. I know I'm not telling you anything that you don't know already. The interesting part is really to see how it all gets put together, which we'll do that. 
Number four is how you respond to whatever happens in your life or in your world. And this is really important when we talk about personal responsibility because this is the piece where you can spend the rest of your life blaming your parents. You can spend the rest of your life blaming the fact that you were physically or sexually abused as a child for your lack of motivation, for your disinterest in the world. There's all these things that happen to us in our lives, and we get caught up in that poor me place. Well, when we start remembering, oh, we're responsible, our personal responsibility is to how we respond to what happens in our life, that's sort of like another level of responsibility, you know, from everything that we've been talking about so far. That's taking on a real conscious responsibility. Number five is your own belief system. You know, looking at how you see the world. So in the other one, we're talking about how you respond to the world. This is how you actually see the world and how you be in the world. Number six is one that I like talking about because it seems to be an acceptable blame game thing that we do. And that is, like, who's in public office? You know, the idea of blaming the politicians seems to be acceptable. At one point, it was acceptable to blame the Jews for things. At one point, it was acceptable to blame blacks for things. You know, it's all about, like, looking for a scapegoat, basically. And what we want to do is realize when we're doing that, when we're starting to blame other people, rather than taking responsibility for what is happening in the world around us, ourselves. Number seven is the conditions of the world, you know, the suffering that's going on in the world, taking responsibility for making a difference. You know, everybody has the ability to volunteer in some way at some point in their life to make the world a better place. And if everyone did some sort of voluntary work, the world really could be better. And then number eight is that innocent child question. This is an interesting point. So people will say, well, is it my fault that I was abused as a child? Like, how do I take responsibility for that? And this is a matter that comes down to your own belief system, whether you believe in reincarnation or not. If you believe that we're all whole, healthy souls and that we come in and we're having a human experience to learn for our personal soul's growth, then you also believe that you're coming in with some kind of, maybe it's karma, maybe it's a personality issue that, or something that happened in a past life that has to be resolved in this life here. This is one of those things that's sort of sticky and hard to step into. And I usually tell people that if you've had a lot of childhood issues and you're not clear about what it was that happened and you don't feel at all like you could take responsibility for them, not for the incident. I mean, you didn't come in and say, oh, Uncle George, please abuse me. But there was something that was already set into place. So sometimes a past life regression can help with that. The other thing is, again, with personal responsibility, is making sure that you take responsibility for how you respond to that, how you respond to that thing that happened to you as a child. We know, you know, that there's always these consequences when you take personal responsibility and... It's totally the opposite of the whole blame thing. 
taking personal responsibility. And I want to talk a little bit about the shame, blame, guilt, resentment game. And the idea that as long as you're blaming someone else, you remain a victim. And it keeps you, really keeps you from looking at what is not working and making those necessary changes that you need to make. So the question here is always, you know, what are you avoiding looking at within yourself? So if I'm blaming Joe Blow over here, my husband, let's say, you know, I'm blaming him for something, then I am not spending the time looking at myself and seeing what it is I need to change. And this is just a really important factor of personal responsibility because without that, without stepping into that place of responsibility, you can't really experience independence and freedom and, you know, your happiness and your peace. You can't have it depend on somebody else because it's never going to work. So as long as you're blaming other people, then you don't have control of your future. And so I guess the question at that point is how do you face life? Is life happening to you or is your life something that you're creating? Is it really up to you to create something amazing with your life? The other thing that happens with guilt and shame and blame is that people start this sort of obsessive inner abuse, you know, where they're literally abusing themselves. And it's like taking personal responsibility to the 100th level. You know, you get mired in this whole blaming and guilt and going overboard with beating yourself up. And here's what clicks off for me when we talk about that, is that when you're beating yourself up over something, it's hardly ever a this happened one time event. It's usually a pattern of some kind. It's something that triggers something else that happened before. So you can even say, like, the person who drank and drove and actually killed somebody drinking and driving, that would be sort of a logical thing that could happen to somebody that they could say to themselves, I'm a piece of shit, what's wrong with me? You know, I took a life, I ruined all these people's lives, and get so caught up in never, ever, ever being able to move on. They could start drinking. They could start doing drugs as a result of that. You could sort of just go down, 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 downhill because of that. But if you notice, there are some people that that happens to, and they're able to forgive themselves, you know, not easily, but they are able to forgive themselves and move on while others don't. And what I believe is that others don't and they're unable to move on really when they are triggered by other things that's happened in their life. So the person who is drinking and driving in this case and hurt someone may have done things similarly to other people in the past. So let's say they had a drinking problem. They might have cheated on a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a spouse. They may have repeatedly maybe beat up somebody and hurt other people when they were drinking. So you can see how, you know, there's a pattern that gets established. And then they go sort of deep into that whole shame and blame place. So one of the things you can do is if you're really caught feeling pretty obsessive about the idea of beating yourself up over something, you need to go back and look at your own inner child issues you're probably at the point where you're sick and tired of 
remaining a prisoner of your own negative, disempowering thoughts, and you need to do that work of letting go and accepting. So I just want to separate out the idea of guilt and shame because I think that's important. I wrote a lot about this in the book, but just so that people are clear, guilt is usually based on the past, something we did or didn't do. And when we're healthy, we just learn from our mistakes and we can recalibrate and move on next time. But shame is this, like, internalizing the I'm not good enough as a core belief, you know, like really believing that you're flawed and defective as a human being. And that's way more difficult to deal with, and I always suggest that people actually go to counseling because, you know, there's a real deep issue when we're talking about shame. But guilt, there's actually a logical process. I have like five steps, and it's a part of the process in forgiving yourself because we all know that ultimately, you know, there's nobody else to forgive if we're all one. And when we actually release and start forgiving ourselves, that's when we can really move on with our lives, especially if we're all mired in the guilt. So here is the process. Step one is to accept and admit what you did. And that's just what we're talking about here is taking personal responsibility. Step two is to apologize by explaining what you did, why you did it, and really how you understand that the other people were affected by it. So, you know, you're showing compassion and empathy and that you really are sorry for what you did. Number three is if there was harm, to repair that harm. Number four is to promise to change that behavior and not do it again. And number five is to make the changes you need to make and then practice gratitude for the ability to forgive your past. You know, those are the five steps. So this idea of taking personal responsibility, I think if people can really step into that place of, being able to apologize, and if you can't apologize, you can do it spiritually. You know, you can write it out in a letter without sending it. You can just say it to the person if they've passed over. Just say it out loud. And if there's a way to repair the harm, that's great. But a real key in this also is making the changes that you need to make so that it doesn't ever happen again. And that's what people really like to see when somebody's apologizing for something. They really like to see and like to understand that they understand how they felt when you did something to them. So that's really important. So I hope you enjoyed these forgiveness teachings. This is Lori Rubenstein, and for more information, you may go to www.lorirubenstein.com or... For more information on the topic of forgiveness, please purchase the book, Forgiveness, colon, Heal Your Past and Find the Peace You Deserve.